Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Robert Duvall, to me, will forever be the consigliere to the Godfather. You have consigliere's, right-hand men, you know, these sort of chiefs of staff in Scripture. And one of them is named Shebna. Shebna uh, evidently was demoted. We've seen him described as a high-ranking officer in Hezekiah's court in chapters 36 and 37. You can also see more about his story in 2 Kings chapters 18 and 19. But something happens to Shebna, and he was demoted to more of a secretarial role along the way. He was very self-serving. He looked after only his own interests. And so he's going to be replaced by Eliakim. Now, Eliakim is going to be more of a solid consigliere, chief of staff, right-hand man to King Hezekiah. But people won't always listen to him. And that's the story prophesied before it takes place here in Isaiah. All right, chapter, uh, chapter 22, beginning in verse 15. All right, even good, solid consiglieres, if they're not listened to, serve only to further condemn us. So zoom in uh, to Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, and see the structure, the staff, the flowchart that surrounds King Hezekiah. Here's sort of some infighting, and there's about to be some turnover in the consigliere role from Shebna to Eliakim. The Lord God of armies said, Go to Shebna, that steward who was in charge of the palace, and say to him, What are you doing here? Who authorized you to carve out a tomb for yourself here? Carving your tomb on the height and cutting a resting place for yourself out of rock. Look, you strong man, the Lord is about to shake you violently. He will take hold of you, wind you up into a ball, and sling you into a wide land. There you will die, and there your glorious chariots will be a disgrace to the house of your Lord. I will remove you from your office. You will be ousted from your position. On that day, I will call for my servant Eliakim, son of, Hil son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and tie your sash around him. I will hand your authority over to him, and he will be like a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David on his shoulder. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. He will be like a throne of honor for his father's family." They will hang on him all the glory of his father's family, the descendants and the offshoots, all the small vessels from bowls to every kind of jar. On that day, the declaration of the Lord of armies, the peg that was driven into a firm place will give way, be cut off and fall, and the load on it will be destroyed. Indeed, the Lord has spoken. So we have a transition from Shebna to Eliakim. Eliakim will be rock solid and great, but eventually that will fall as well. So there actually, uh, I believe there was a tomb near Jerusalem that, uh, that had an inscription like verse 15, um, the one who's in charge of the palace. Uh, there was no name on it, and so we can't be sure that it was Shebna's, but it likely was. And that's, in, in fact, likely because of the disgrace 
that Shebna would fall into. Imagine being the chief of staff of the White House and, you know, setting up uh, a mausoleum for yourself on the, <laughs> the lawn. <laughs> this is where I'm going to be buried one day. And using governmental funds to purchase for yourself a fleet of stretch Rolls-Royce limousines that take you everywhere you go, that puts the president's motorcade with the beast, the indestructible Cadillac, to shame. You have used your position to make yourself incredibly rich and to make your own name great. And your whole angle in life is to preserve for yourself a legacy of fame and to, and to hewn out of rock a prominent burial place for yourself. It makes me all the more convinced that that particular, that particular inscription over a tomb near Jerusalem that says in charge of the palace, but it doesn't have Shebna's name. It makes me think all the more that it likely is Shebna's grave. So look, you, a strong man, the Lord is about to shake you violently. He's gonna take hold of you, wind you up into a ball and sling you into a wide land. I mean, that's like Looney Tunes violence. That's what God's going to do to Shebna. What are, you, what are you doing here? Who authorized you to do what you're doing? He'd gone way beyond the, the, the limits of his office, and his one singular ambition became uh, making a name for himself in history, inscribing his name on a tomb. See what I mean? That's what makes me think that tomb might be his, because all it says is what he did and what he was in charge of. And this is, this is how God is going to just violently humble him, right? It's a, you're going to become, uh, you're going to become a disgrace, right? Your chariots will be a disgrace to the house of your Lord. Chariots were all the rage. They were cutting edge technology at this point in history. And all of those chariots would become an embarrassment. If it weren't for this, we probably wouldn't know much about Shebna at all. I mean, like his legacy is the opposite of what he hoped it would be. When you when you set out to try to impress people and make a name for your make a name for yourself in history, that 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 act right there is what you're going to be known for. All right, uh, it's partly why I've been really self conscious even about the name JCM. When we set it up as a board and I, I got advice on it, everybody told me. At the time, we had a radio show, and the radio shows all had names and then the name of a dude. You know, Turning Point with David Jeremiah, Walking the Word back then with James McDonald. You know, uh, it was always a name, and then inevitably what those guys told me, because I spoke with some of those, those very figures, and I met with a guy from Chicago who was an expert in this, and he said, look, everybody, it, uh, it always comes back to your name anyway, so just be clear. You know, and that, that was why, you know, under, under that advice that we named this thing, uh, Jesse Kimmel Ministries. And I've always been really, really self-conscious about that because I don't want to be misconstrued. I just wanted to be clear. You know, if, if I put out a resource that's bad, it's on me. All right. And if, uh, if you dig it and you want to know where to find more, um, they all have the same name and the name is just, I'm, just, I'm putting my name on it. I'm not hiring ghostwriters. You know, I'm, I'm putting my name on it. And uh, I'm just, it's me. I'm Jesse. You know, you know, now you know where to find me, you know, and, uh, but I still cringe. And that's why you're going to see more and more, uh, we're going to start moving more and, uh, away from Jesse Campbell Ministries. I feel so weird saying my own first and last name to just JCM, <laughs> just because it obscures it. But uh, we're going to file a DBA doing business as so that we can legally do that because I'm just self-conscious about this. 
I don't want to be like Shebna. You know, I read his story and I'm like, ah, man, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that. I don't want people to misunderstand my intentions. I just wanted to be clear. I wanted to be, I wanted to be, you know, forthright and put my name on the things that I do so that if they fail, it's my fault. All right. But um, it just bears a resemblance to this. This is exactly why God, uh, th th this is why God downgraded Shebna because he was trying to make a name for himself. He was trying to make his own name prominent. I hope you know that at JCM, the only good things that we produce are just based on this right here. This is everything that's good. This is all that I have to say. I became a pastor when I ran out of material. This is all that I say. So when we, likewise, outside of the context of, you know, Shebna as a consigliere or any kind of ministry that bears the name of the guy who writes the content for it, uh, is your objective to make a name for yourself. Because if so, you likewise could look at Shebna and be like, ooh, am I doing that? Am I doing the same thing? For the record, I think it's good to put your own name on your business because I think it speaks to integrity. It holds you to a, it holds you to accountability. You can't hide behind some sort of vague, anonymous label. It's you, you know. Uh, but if your objective in life is to flaunt wealth, for example, with glorious chariots, you're very much being like Shebna, and those things will be an embarrassment to you later on. It'll be a disgrace to the house of your Lord. I will remove you from your office and you will be ousted from your position. And so instead, you've got Hilkiah. All right. Uh, or sorry, uh, Hilkiah's son, Eliakim, who's going to come up and he's going to be the one that God puts in that position. He's going to be given the key to the house of David. And what he opens, no one can close. When he closes, no one can open. When I first got married, I very quickly got really good at like mounting things with my power drill. Uh, as, a, as a bachelor in a rented apartment, I never wanted to pay extra money for the deposit. And so I'd very rarely ever put holes in the wall. I got pretty decent with spackle, but for me, it just a nail would hold up, you know, like this big photo of the Grand Canyon that I liked, you know, or like this Jesus Rocks poster that was in my living room. Uh, and then I would, I can't believe that these things held up my surfboard, but I would just drill holes into the wall to hold up a surfboard. And I didn't want to put anything heavy on the wall because I just rented it and I didn't want to deal with like, you know, having to pay part of my deposit back. Then I got married and I had bought a house for us. And so my wife was ready to, she was ready to furnish everything. And we mounted big giant mirrors on the wall and light fixtures and a new ceiling fan and, you know, uh, these fancy shower curtain rods and all that stuff. And so I had to get pretty good, pretty quick at mounting things. All right. I know how to do a molly bolt. I know how to do, I know how to mount hooks from the ceiling. Now I know how to use lag bolts to mount really heavy things through, uh, through beams. And, uh, my favorite, uh, my, my favorite mounting device is uh, a toggle bolt because you can put it anywhere on the drywall and it'll hold like 400 pounds. It goes through the drywall and then it expands on the other side. And then the weight it supports comes from its ability to like expand against the backside of the drywall. Every man knows what I'm talking about. All the women are like, what in the world are you describing right now? <laughs> All right, I'm describing this mounting fixture that can hold surfboards. I know that because it's doing it in my garage right now. This mounting peg imagery, to me, it makes me think of a toggle bolt. It's this firm peg that you can mount anything you want on. I will place the key of the house of David on his shoulder. 
right? In verse 23, I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. He'll be a throne of honor for his, fa uh, uh, for his father's family. They will hang on him the glory of his father's family, the descendants of the offshoots, all the small vessels, bowls of every kind of jar, right? It doesn't matter how big or heavy or thick the clay jar is, this mounting peg in my head, this toggle bolt will be able to sustain it. Okay, he's going to do a good job of upholding the glory of his father's house, whereas you, Shebna, will go down as an embarrassment to, uh, to Hezekiah, because all that you sought after was a prominent grave to, as a monument to yourself. On that day, the declaration of the Lord of armies, the peg that was driven into a firm place will give way, be cut off and fall, and the load upon it will be destroyed. Indeed, the Lord has spoken. So this is a common theme in in Isaiah, there's this glimmer of hope, but then there's more devastation that follows. Stick with the book of Isaiah, though, because that tone will radically change, especially when we get to uh, chapter 40. All right, chapter 40 will be this really clear demarcation of a, of, a, of a shift in tone. Learn from the legacy of Shebna and even from the legacy of Eliakim. All right, everyone, absolutely everyone is replaceable. And if you're if your mission in life is to make your own name great and to promote yourself so that you want people to look back and say, wow, what a talented or gifted or wealthy or handsome or beautiful or whatever person that was, rather than a legacy that is say, to say like, wow, what a great God, then you're setting up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. We've learned this lesson a billion times and we keep repeating it when a celebrity comes along and everybody loves that celebrity and then we learn, oh wait, turns out that celebrity has sin just like us. We're all devastated, you know, and then they're besmudged and then they're canceled. <laughs> like every single person has something in his or her life that if it were to become public knowledge, it would drive you to the point of suicide. Every single person we put on a pedestal has something about them that if we learned that about them, it would crush us. If we revere that person and then we learn the full truth about them, it will crush us. So don't put yourself on that pedestal because you have sin in your life, which if it came out, other people will be devastated to learn about it. Let what comes out of your mouth be the word of the Lord. So you're not endorsing your own righteousness, your own beauty, your own skill, your, especially not your own wealth. Don't ever flaunt your own wealth. Rather, let people be captivated by the Lord whose word you speak and whose gospel you share. Learn from the legacy of Shebna and may JCM, in Jesus' name, just provide resources that are expository from the word of God, true to the Bible in all things.